Welcome, everyone. Uh, this is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource. Joining me is Grant Johnson. He's the CEO of eSport Entertainment Group. Good morning, Grant. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Pretty good. So, Grant, uh, for those listeners that aren't familiar with eSport Entertainment, can you just give us a quick elevator pitch or quick overview of the company? Sure. We're uh, a gambling uh, and and, and software company. Uh, our, we have two strategies. Our European strategy is gambling-based. We own a number of sportsbook casinos uh, in the European markets. We have licenses in Ireland, the UK, Sweden, uh, Malta, and Spain. Uh, it, and that's all dedicated to gambling. Our North American strategy is more dedicated to esports and gaming. And we have the first esports gambling site in uh, North America, New Jersey, with our IGG. Uh, we just launched our player versus player betting platform recently, also in New Jersey, and got it tested by the DG. So I believe we're the only company to do that. I believe we now currently have 700 physical gaming centers that run off of our software network, including 100 universities. And we run tournaments for a lot of the professional uh, sports teams like the Buccaneers, the Eagles, Broncos, uh, Patriots, etc. So we're, we're B2B gaming North America, B2C gambling in Europe. Okay. So when you say um, gambling in Europe, are, are you you know poker and Things like that, or are you sports betting? Yeah, sportsbook and casino. We don't we don't do poker, but we have a wide variety of uh, slots and casino games. We own the software, so we own the platform. Uh, it's our Edifix platform, is what we call it. Uh, our we do have a sports book platform, which is really the one we launched in New Jersey. We call it Phoenix, but that that's what we launched Vion. We'll be migrating. We're currently on SB Tech in the European market will be migrated onto our own platform uh, probably February. Okay. Which point and, and you mentioned um, a site in, in Jersey. So are you mainly online, or do you have a physical site where people go and, and gamble in uh, New Jersey? Yeah, currently we're, we're online. We have a skin, as it's called, through our relationship with Bally's. And we went live. We came out of what they call soft play. We're fully released just two weeks ago. So this is all sort of fresh off the press, if you would. Uh, so Vi.gg is the first eSports-centric gambling site licensed in the North American market. Okay. So obviously, uh, you know, it's a big market you guys are addressing. Uh, is, is it a growing market? Uh, well, definitely. I mean, both... Sportsbook and esports are growing. Um, that's that's they have been talked about uh, ever since you know 2018 when the big moment came and the uh, the Supreme Court ruling allowed the states to have the infrastructure in place. They would be able to conduct online gambling and get licensed uh, operators working. So we 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 see that as continue to be a growth market. Uh, the gaming. Market uh, to give you a, kind of a sense of things. If we if we just take all video gaming, it, it's as an industry, it's bigger than the music and movie industry. 
uh, but in terms of being now mainstream, five years ago there were no universities or colleges that had esports teams. And today there's over 200 that have varsity intercollegiate esports squads with about 100 universities having scholarship programs for their esports. We have over 100 universities that work on our software platform. So it's a huge growth market and only getting bigger. I believe the last figure I saw for the, the Gen Xers is that 60 plus percent of them prefer gaming over traditional sports. So it's only going to get bigger. So what's the competitive landscape look like for, the, for your portion that addresses e-gaming? Uh, well, there, it's, it's definitely a growth market in North America and globally. Uh, the competitive market, it's, I think it's fair to say that the majority uh, of the, the operators are fairly new. Uh, it's become mainstream. COVID really pushed it onto the, the mainstream platform. Uh, Pre-COVID, it was still in the, you know, on the outskirts and the fringe as far as media was concerned. But when the, I think the moment that the sports teams shut down and all of a sudden people were watching 2K, uh, you know, virtual basketball, uh, on ESPN, I think that was the moment that eSport truly arrived in the North American psyche. Uh, but gaming and eSports has been around for decades. It's the number one sport in, in Korea, frankly. Uh, eSports is going to be coming into the Olympics. So it's, it's here. It's growing. Uh, are there competitors? Of course there are. Uh, and actually, that's, that's good. If, if there were no competitors, I think it would be questionable if we were doing the right thing. Uh, success and growth will, will attract, you know, more more development and more investment. I I would say, and this is a personal opinion. I'm not I'm not basing this on somebody else's view, but I believe the gaming and esport market. I'm going to give it, let's say, 20 years will rival the sports market globally in terms of total revenues. I, I think the sports industry, I read a stat somewhere that's a trillion-dollar industry if you consider soccer, cricket, football, etc. Uh, I believe eSports is going to get to that level in, in a couple decades. It'd be after my time. But you know, we're seeing now the universities. Stockton University uh, it has eSports programs. Uh, Durham College up in Canada has eSports. You can get, you know, take classes and courses in team management and uh, uh, how to, you know, obviously the varsity teams and scholarship teams, you know, these are, there's professional leagues where players are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to play on these teams, and some players make millions of dollars. Streamers, uh, more. So it's, you're going to have team managers, team owners, media people, shoutcasters, physiotherapists, everything that's in sports is happening in esports as well. So it's it's a huge growth industry, and we're just at the very very early stages of just how big this is going to get. So so you're catching a big wave. Do you have any advantage, or is it a land grab, or, or any kind of edge? Uh, I, I think we we do have a substantial advantage. Uh, as mentioned, we have the first. We've proven that our software can pass through the gaming regulatory framework in North America, which is extremely stringent. And uh, I, I, I would say that Nevada and New Jersey are looked upon as the gold standard. And most of the other gaming regulatory bodies model themselves after those two. 
which are, it makes sense given that Atlantic City and, and Las Vegas, of course. Uh, so we're first there. We're the only esport company that has their player versus skill betting platform approved by a gaming regulatory body. And the reason that's important, that allows us to work with the casino operators and become their tactical partners for gaming and esports because they're looking for that solution as well. Uh, we also, because we own GG Circuit, we have the largest component of infrastructure in the land-based uh, gaming centers across uh, North America. Uh, I think I mentioned there's about 700 centers. Uh, a lot of the names people know, Super League, Allied, Simplicity, Amuka, Helix, which we, we currently own Helix, um, as well as uh, a large number of the biggest universities. So, yeah, we, we do have strategic advantages. We own our software. We control a lot of the, the, uh, the physical space, probably 80% of the physical operators run off of our software. Uh, those are our tactical advantages, our tactical advantages, I would say. Okay. So maybe I'm dating myself, but to me, I, I perceive the eSport player as, um, as, a, as a very much younger person. Are there any age requirements for, for this gaming? Uh, well, when it comes to games that are allowed to take wagering on, the majority of the players on a team have to be over the age of 18. So to the, in that regard, yes. Uh, in terms of playing on competitive or professional teams, there's 16-year-olds. That no, no, I meant for, for, for gambling with you. Uh, well, gambling, well, gambling on esports is the same as gambling on sports. It's a 21-plus product in North America. Betting, skill-based betting, me playing you, we're going to play a game of Madden or Street Fighter or you know, whatever, the, the, whatever the title is, uh, that's 18-plus skill betting in states where it's allowed. Right currently, we have about 29 legal opinions um, for states that that's going to be allowed in. We believe... The number will probably settle out somewhere between 39 to 40 states that will allow it. Um, but yeah, to, to answer your question, yeah, there are age when, it, any, when money changes hands, uh, whether it's betting or playing for a monetary prize, uh, the players have to be 18 plus. And if it's gambling, it's 21 plus. And in terms of your customer, the demographics overlap. Uh, overwhelmingly. On those sites, it's all 18 to 21. Uh, in terms of people that go into the gaming centers, uh, we have kids' birthdays in gaming centers. So, you know, the gaming center itself, think of it more like an arcade dedicated to video game play. And, you know, you'll have all ages in there. Okay. And then who regulates all this? Uh, well, on gambling, it's state by state. Each state has their own regulatory uh, framework in New Jersey we deal with the Department of Gaming Enforcement uh, or the DGE as it's known and, and of course uh, I believe as of last count <laughs> I think we're up to 21, 22 states that have some sort of uh, online regulatory framework in place keep in mind you know, June of or May of 2018 there was only two states uh, that really had any kind of framework for online. And, and now, so it's been a bit of a, a gold rush to use your, your uh, or land grab, excuse me, to use your uh, phraseology. And, and a lot of that's driven, well, COVID has heightened this, by 
the state's desire to increase tax tax revenue. Because gaming, gambling has always been taking place. It's a situation where the states have now recognized that and they're regulating and taxing that. And we're, we support that because if you don't regulate and tax it, it's just going to gray market and offshore. And the people that are profiting from it is no benefit to the North American um, you know, governments. So uh, this is you know, going to continue to grow. But it is a state-by-state state, uh, issue. Okay. So, so right now, your revenue's coming from what geography predominantly, and then if we look out a couple of years, where do you expect it to come from? Currently, overwhelmingly, it's coming from our iGaming or our gambling sites or European sites, and that's mostly because that's our more mature market. Uh, most of our sites over there are five, six years old. So uh, currently, we would be 85% of our revenues are coming from the European markets. And we have esports gambling as well. So that's esports uh, Europe and South America. Our North American market, which is specifically targeted for gaming and esports, is about 15% of our revenue now. But uh, we would believe in about or forecast in about two years, those are going to get very close to parity. Okay. And your platform, you mentioned you own the software. Is the platform fully built out, or is it going to require a lot of capital? Uh, well, there's a number of different platforms. There's the GGCircuit platform, which we're renaming shortly, but that is the infrastructure, kind of software as a service uh, platform that all the land centers, the gaming centers that they run off of, that's fully operational. Uh, however, with all technology, you're always improving and augmenting the software. Uh, our casino software, fully operational, that's our Edifix software, it's fully operational, but again, you're always improving and augmenting and adding games. Uh, with our newly launched Phoenix platform, which is our sportsbook platform, I would say we're still making substantial improvements to that software and getting it ready to move all of our sportsbook onto it. So it will require another six months of, uh, of investment to get that fully operational. Okay. Uh, any additional risk? In, in this type of business, like if you don't set the odds right, or is that not part of it? Well, again, yeah, yes. For, you know, that's the, the short answer to that question. Uh, anytime you're running a, a sports book, which is the player against the house, uh, there is risk of an upset, of course. Uh, over, over time, uh, you know, you trust the margin. That's our, that's our motto here, or our head of, our head of uh, sports wager, Mike Wilson. That's his mantra. Uh, over time, we run uh, a balanced book for about 7-8% you know, profit over, over the course of a, of a year, which would be in, in line with sports books everywhere. Uh, casino, same thing, higher volume, lower, you know, lower margin. But the, but the numbers are bigger. When it comes to the land centers, that's just a straight subscription. You know, each center, if they have 100 screens, it's 100 times you know, a specific monthly subscription, and that revenue comes in. 
on the player versus player, and this is why we really like this particular product, and the casinos really like this product, it works more or less like poker, where the house does not take a position. It's the two players, my money, your money, that goes into the pot, the winner takes the pot, and the house takes a commission off the top or, or a VIG. And that is the product that we believe is going to track more quickly with the casinos and with the, uh, the esports and gaming community uh, at large. So that one, there is no risk. Okay. Economic so, risk. Can, um, you touched a little bit on your revenue model. Can you just give us a little more color on your revenue model and what gross margins look like? Oh, well, again, it depends on, on the category. Uh, we're looking to see, you know, I, I, those who have followed us uh, see that we, we had to do a restatement on our revenue model. Part of that had to come with changes in the regulatory market. Part of, a larger part of that had to do with COVID and its impact uh, on us uh, and the impact it had on our gaming. Uh, and, and, of course, as the market contracted or as our share price dropped, our ability to access to capital and, and, and hence increasing marketing, and that was in our forecast, that also went away. So we, we had to do a restatement, uh, as, as everybody knows, to down from 100 to 70. Um, we will be coming in at those numbers. Uh, margin on the sports book we run at that, try to get the 7%, casino trends in more of that 2 to 3 Sometimes you get higher, sometimes lower, but that's sort of the running average. And when it comes to uh, the subscription, it's a flat it's a flat fee. And when we get into our crypto mining, we take 10%. And on the player versus player, uh, we we take 10%. Okay. So you just mentioned up. we we again to give you some numbers. We expect to be cash flow positive Q1 next calendar, okay. and I don't know exactly what else I can, I can tell you that uh, that I, I can't get into too many more sure. details. Um, Not a problem. So you just mentioned crypto mining. That's a little different than than the the gaming. Is that a very big part of your business? It was. Well, it's more of an augmentation. It we we. It's in the software. So if you're on our network, uh, the GG Circuit network, and you run a LAN center, uh, whether it's at a university or an independent business person, and you would like to make additional revenue, the software has embedded in it that, depending on the, what your kilowatt usage is. And depending on what the crypto exchanges are, if it's profitable, the software will turn itself on and start mining cryptocurrency. Uh, mostly Ethereum, I think to date almost exclusively Ethereum. Uh, we're over we're over two million mined uh, currently, and the centers, of course, the centers have you know the overhead of uh, of their use of their power and their equipment. So we let the centers keep uh, the majority of the revenue and we take our, our commission for using that software platform, and that's where we get our 10%. But, yeah, that's, that's turned out to be very successful because, you know, if nobody's on your uh, gaming system, and these systems, 
these computer rigs are you know three thousand, four thousand dollars. So if nobody's using them, they're not generating revenue for those operators. Now we've given them an opportunity to monetize those that, that equipment. Uh, well, it, it never just sits dormant. Okay, so, so it, it does it does fit, and you don't have to buy the buy the hardware. Correct. We you know we don't we have the software, of course. Gotcha. They they can buy the hardware through us, but that you know we're not a we're not a um, uh, a leasing or we don't own you know we may get better rates through mass purchases but at the end of the day uh, a land center we, we we encourage them to set their own structure there okay so so back to the gaming um how do you create awareness how do you uh, reach your customers your your cac and uh and do you have any partners for this uh absolutely uh, in fact in europe Overwhelmingly, we work with affiliates. We were just actually at the International Casino Exposition at the Excel Center in London, and our affiliate uh, group, which is Athmore, was we had a booth down there, and you, effectively we work with affiliates who are looking. They generate uh, casino traffic or they generate sportsbook traffic in each different country. They're, you know, affiliates all have their area of expertise. And they, you know, we have a lot of partners over there, then that's the majority of where that revenue comes from, that traffic comes from. Uh, we are currently, today, in fact, we're at the Anaheim Show uh, NIGA, which is the National Indian Gaming Association, their big trade show. And that represents about 50% of the casino market in the United States. We have a, we, we're an associate of NIGA. Uh, we support them in that group. We're a partner with IGEA which is their uh, eSports gaming uh, league. And with what we're doing is we're displaying our products at that show for the casino operators. We participate in theater group, uh, movie theater, and cinema uh, groups to showcase our products there. We go to amusement shows. We, of course, have internal sales teams, the teams that are reaching out to large operators. Uh, I just came back from visiting a university just yesterday uh, that are looking to have a gaming, we'll call it a gaming lounge for lack of a better description, but effectively a land center for the student body to use. Uh, they want one on campus, so we were you know, talking through how that would look. Yeah, so we're, we're very active in, in, in that regard. Lots of sales and marketing. Each division has their own head of uh, sales and marketing. So we have our casino group. We have our sports book group. We have uh, a different group that works with the software as a service uh, group. And then, of course, we have our uh, Omega products and our uh, player versus player product. And those are the ones we're showcasing at the uh, the gaming the Indian gaming uh, showcase right now, and we're getting a lot of response. You may have seen last month we did a inaugural launch of our player versus player platform at the Hard Rock. We got a lot of media coverage on that one. So those are the types of that's how we're penetrating the market. That's how we're raising that awareness. <laughs> Frankly. I think we're pretty well respected in the industry. We're just not very well respected currently on the on the capital market. So I, I, I guess I've got to do a better job at getting our story told. Well, you're doing it today. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. So 
so what um, what are you most excited about now? Uh, I yeah, well, of course, when you have all when you have all your children, <laughs> you want to give your love equally. But I, I would say the one that's really got me excited, or maybe it's two, are the, are the products we're showcasing at uh, at the NIGA event. And that's the the uh, the player versus player platform and the and the the tournament uh, product, the Omega product. And the reason I'm excited about those ones is that's finally a logical solution for the casino operators to bring gaming and esports into their facilities and um, I'm more excited about that because nobody else has done that yet and we're way out front and that's why you know that's if we're going to talk about blue sky I think that's where our blue sky is right there okay any other um, events or catalysts that we should look for other states about to to turn Uh, well there's, there's a lot of states uh, we, we are constantly in conversation with regulators. Um, one of the challenges they have is esports is so new. They're just learning esports themselves and gaming. So there's a, there's a bit of a learning curve with the regulators. Uh, so yeah, there's we presented we have presented in uh, in Ohio multiple times. Uh, in fact, our presentations were integral in getting esports added to the regulatory framework there. Uh, we have sat in on advisory boards in Nevada, We've talked to other regulators in other states. Uh, so I would, I would say that it's, it's an ongoing process. It's not going to happen overnight. The gambling component is going to take, I'd say, three to five years to really mature esports gambling, but esports betting I believe is going to take off this year huge in the North American marketplace. Very good. So before we go, is there, is there any one uh, takeaway that you want to leave us with? Uh, <laughs> well, I, I just that, you know, when people think of eSports Entertainment Group, it sometimes it sounds confusing, but think of it this way. We're, we're a software company that focuses on gambling and gaming and our North American strategy B2B keep an eye on some of the announcements coming out I think everybody if they have an interest in this space it is the fastest growing space Uh, you know notwithstanding there's been obviously a very difficult market of late but uh, growth is inevitable it's you know the population grows the the money the disposable income the youth has and on that note gamers on average have uh, $86,000 in household income versus sports fans generally it's 66,000 so this is a you know <laughs> this is a coveted group keep an eye on us we're focused on that group we're partnering with group, with casinos. We're partnering with theaters. We're partnering with universities, and we just want to make sure that, like I'm doing here today, our story gets told. People understand how big we are. Very good. Well, Grant, thanks so much for sharing the esports entertainment group story. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Thank you.